Very good morning. So good to be here. I want to ask you to open your Bibles in Habakkuk, chapter 3. If you're watching from home, hello. You can open your Bible as well. Habakkuk, chapter 3. I'm sure Habakkuk is your favorite book in the Bible. It's your favorite reading. You're very familiar with. Um, today you'll be a long, very long preaching. Not because I speak that much, but because you take a long time to find Habakkuk in the Bible. <laughs> okay. It's there. Between Genesis and Revelation, it's there. Uh, so, very helpful. Very handy. Um, we've got 12, we call 12 minor prophets in the Bible. Not because they're not so important, just because they book, their books is, is a short message. And Habakkuk is this one of these 12, the prophet number 8 in this list. Very end of the uh, Old Testament. But if you have your phones, easy, just go there. Habakkuk. Guys, my name is Daniel. I'm so glad about my name. So, because my mother, she said, Lord, this child, me, belongs to you. He'll be a preacher. As he belongs to you, you choose the name. She took her Bible and she said, God, the name, when I open the Bible, the name that I see there, you'll be the name of this boy. What a risk. I'm so glad they don't call Habakkuk. <laughs> Chapter 3. Let's pray. Lord, uh, our hearts are open to listen to your word. The scriptures. Holy Spirit, help us to see Jesus Christ here in this text this morning. Those who are watching on YouTube, those who are here in this hall, Speak with your church, speak with us, with your powerful and sweet voice. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, amen. Amen. Habakkuk, chapter 3. Now, just to give you a bit of context, we have some slides there. And the first one is coming in a few minutes. He was a prophet, okay? What is a prophet? Prophets. We have all these guys in the Old Testament, prophets. Sometimes they talked about the future, but sometimes they're just bringing God's message for the people, mainly Israel. Habakkuk uh, the first, uh, is a short book, just three chapters. And I'm so glad we have gifted people in this church. This week I was talking with Peter Morgan, that guy there. Guys, if you have any question about Bible text, scriptures, if you want to understand better the Bible, as far as I know, we have at least three very clever guys in this church. Ken is a great teacher. Livio is a great teacher. And Peter Morgan is a great teacher. He memorizes big parts of the Bible. And he said to me this week, oh, my favorite uh, text is in Habakkuk. And I was, okay, Habakkuk. <laughs> and by memory, he told this one, boom, chapter two, verse, blah, blah, blah. Great guy. Go to Peter, talk to him, talk to Livio, talk to Ken. They're great teachers of the Bible have in this church. Now, chapter 1 and 2 is that conversation between Habakkuk and God. It's this kind of questions you have in the screen here. Uh, will I be faithful to God even if he doesn't answer my prayers? How can God allow wicked people domain over his own people? You know, these kind of questions you have to God. I'm trying to be a good Christian, a good husband, a good wife, etc. Blah, 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 blah. Why is my life 
being so hard. I don't, I don't have answers for my, 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 my questions, my strugglings, my problems, my everyday. Come on, God, I'm trying to be faithful to you and have our own uh, CV to God to present him our past, life of prayer. Habakkuk was living this situation in Israel because the Babylonians, they were coming to overtake, to domain Israel, and Israel was the people of God. Habakkuk could not understand. But then we have chapter 3. If you read chapter 3, 3 is a psalm, is a song, is a music. Habakkuk, he was a musician as well. And and he comes from questions to praise, from instability or, or uncertainties and fear to faith, to praise, to worship God. And then we open chapter 3 and we can read verse um, 2. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day, in our time, make them known. And wrath, remember mercy. It's just the beginning of chapter 3. It's beautiful. Homework, read into the end, later on, Habakkuk. Chapter, come on guys, it's three chapters. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you, you read the whole book. List, okay, I have read. I have read the whole book of the Bible, Habakkuk. It's okay. It's beautiful. Chapter 3. Now, I was, I was in, in shock with these first verses. Lord, I have heard of your fame. Let's start our conversation here. Lord, I have heard. I have heard. It's the first lesson I can see from this text. Yeah, I, I need to look back. We need some screen there, maybe, in the future. Uh, a thirsty for a personal experience is the first thing that I see in this text. Why? I have heard something. If I have heard, it's not happening with me, right here and now. I have heard God's doing something. Why? In the temple, in those days, the temple, they have also a library in the temple. And all the old books and the kings and everything was in the temple. Habakkuk was part of the worship team in the temple. And he read the books. And the people keep telling him about the past, the great deeds of the Lord, his fame and everything. And then he comes and says, I have heard God. You were doing something great somewhere with someone or maybe in another time. This is my biggest fear, to be a Christian museum, to be someone who remembers the great God's deeds in my past. Or to be someone who knows what God's doing in another place, but not with me. I have heard. My parents, in my past, my grandparents, oh, this church 20 years ago, oh, you have to see, oh, that, how I missed that time. But now it's different. I have heard. I remember. 
I remember, God, when my heart was ablaze for you, when I was full of passion about the mission and the Calvary. I remember, Lord, these days of these times. And I have heard we are doing something someplace across the planet. Do you know, sometimes I remember I said this a long time ago. Let me repeat. Sometimes we are worried about the church in the wrong place. The church of Jesus Christ. Not CCC, this church, but everybody. In the wrong place. Why? Uh, there is a, a pastor that I really enjoy him. Uh, Wayne Cordero is his name. He's an American pastor in Hawaii. Nice. A nice church in Hawaii. And he was in China. Uh, why I like him? Because he keeps training leaders. He was in China helping and serving the underground church. They live under persecution there. So he was with 22 leaders in that place. They traveled, they came by train for the place that he was. 13 hours traveling by train to stay there. Three days in the wood floor under the heat, no AC. And they were there. And when you start to preach in these places or to teach, come on. You start 8 in the morning and you go until 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. in the evening with short breaks. They were starving. He took 15 Bibles with him. China is like a black hole of Bibles. It's never enough. Come on, it's 1.4 billion people there. So in Chinese, Mandarin, he had 15 Bibles, 22 people. So they shared the Bibles. And, 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 and then he said, okay, let's open second, uh, 2 Peter chapter 2. And then a lady, she handed her Bible to someone else. And she was uh, quoting, repeating by memory. She memorized the whole text in Second Peter. And the break time, he came to this lady and said, Wow, do you, do you memorize the whole text? How was this? Oh, yes, I did. But tell me, uh, yeah, it was in the prison. Okay, uh, but in the priest, do you have Bibles in the priest? No, we don't have. But how you do? Oh, our brothers and sisters, they write pieces of the New Testament in papers. And they put inside the breads or some cake. They go to visit us. And then we read the Bible. Okay, but in the, about the soldiers. And, and Oh, yes, yes, they take the Bible from us. That's why we need to be fast. And after that day is there, and he said to them, Okay, guys, if we, if we get caught, what happens? What, what will happen with me? And they said to him, oh, you'll be deported to America in 24 hours, and we'll stay three years in the jail, in the prison. By the end of that three days of training and leadership, and the numbers in China are crazy, because that 22 people, they are uh, overseeing around 20 millions of people in this underground church. There's something happening there. At the end of this meeting, uh, okay, let's pray to say goodbye. And he, uh, Cordero, Wayne Cordero, the pastor, asked to the Chinese leaders, oh, how can I pray for you guys? And they said to him, okay, pastor, are you going back, uh, you are going back now to America and, and to praise Jesus in your church and have freedom and all of that. Pray for us in China. So may uh, we can be like you in America. And he said, I will not do that. I will not do that. Why? And then he said, 
Guys, you came 13 hours by train. In my country, if they need to drive more than half an hour, they don't go for the church. You stay three days in the wood uh, floor. If I don't have comfy, very nice seats in my church, they're changed for another church. We have an average two or three Bibles per family in my country. They don't read any of it. I will not pray for you. I will ask you to pray for us. When, when I think about the church of Jesus Christ, when, how can I pray for those who are under persecution? I pray for the Western world. Because the church under persecution is full of God's fire. When I read Habakkuk saying, I have heard there is something happening. Jesus said, John chapter 3, verse 8, the wind blows wherever it pleases. The wind is blowing somewhere. Where? When I heard God's not happening with me. But then he says, I don't feel jealous. I don't feel uh, small. I don't feel, he said here, when I heard, I stand in awe of your day. When was the last time you feel like, wow, God is amazing? When was the last time your reaction was kind of surprised with what God's doing? We're talking about revival, awakening, 22 days of prayer. When was your last time you heard something that God is doing somewhere else, some family, some church, some place, and you felt like, wow, this is amazing. This is awesome. I want the same. I want same. So, this thirsty of a personal experience. I want this personal revival in my heart, in my life, in my family. And then he keeps saying, "Repeat them in our day. This generation. Not only with Billy Graham, not only with the guys in the past. This generation." Our time. Repeat them, Lord, in our day. So we are reading a prophet who lived 2,600 years ago, praying for his own generation. It's not a selfish pray, prayer only. He's praying for his generation. I have some slides here. There's a Barna Group is the name of a, a Christian organization in America. They are very good with service. So I have three results of the main reasons. Uh, what do the, the millenniums, millennium generation, what do they think about church? Okay, so if I open for a big, uh, big window, a big gap, those who were born 1984 into 2002 average. So I have this survey. Let's read the first uh, conclusion of this, the first one. They had interviewed... 27,140 uh, people. Number one, nearly 6 in 10, 59% of these young people who grow up in Christian churches end up walking away from either their faith or from their, the institutional, institutional church at some point in the first decade of adult life. First uh, conclusion of this millennium generation. Second conclusion. The unchurched segment 
among millennials has increased in the last decade from 44% to 52%. If you don't know what is this, it's a movement. They say, we don't need churches. We love Jesus, but we stay at home with friends. We don't need uh, a local church, to belong to a local church. Moving a larger cultural and away from church going among the nation's population. Number three, and this three is very important. When asked what has helped their faith grow, church doesn't make even the top ten factors. Instead, the most common drivers of spiritual growth as identified by millennials themselves are prayer, family and friends, having children, and their relationship with Jesus. What is this saying to us? They are saying, and then I was reading a long uh, conclusion, uh, the five main reasons why they are leaving the church. And one of the main reasons is they are not finding God in the church. What, uh, okay, what they're, what they're finding in the church? Entertainment. Good music. A good environment. A nice kid's work. A nice, a fancy building. But they are not finding God in the church. What is happening? Do you know, this is the result of a church without power. Without the power of the Holy Spirit and without the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was talking this week with Steve and, and Giovanna at home. We have two words in the Greek. Oh, let's go for the Greek now. <laughs> we have two words for the Greek uh, New Testament. It's easy, don't worry. To explain conversion. Okay, the guy was uh, in the Word, now he's in the church. Is this a conversion? It's like a full turn, turn away. Okay, I'm driving this way and I turn to the left or to the right. We have a Greek word in the New Testament called epistroph, um, epistropho, something like this, okay? That means I was going this direction and I changed my direction. But then we have another word called metanoia. And metanoia is a deep Transformation is like we call this, uh, I'm born again. Change my heart, my mind, my intentions. I was changed from inside. Now, what's happening with this generation? A lots of epistrophe. I'm changing my direction. I'm going here. Hey, come to the church. Oh, why? Oh, you're looking for a boyfriend or girlfriend? Oh, okay. <laughs> epistrophe. I'm the church. Hey, come to the church. Jesus will heal you. And Jesus heals. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Oh, and, and Jesus will make you happy. Yeah, okay. Epistrophe. But not metanoia. Because metanoia only comes when the gospel is preached. Romans chapter 1. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. It's not saying any preaching is the power of God of salvation. It's not saying any kind of church, religious environment is the power of God. It's the gospel. Only the gospel you explain that I am a sinner. I need to repent. I need to come to the cross of Jesus. That's why I have these numbers. We have a church without gospel and without power. So when Habakkuk is praying, he's saying, God, repeat them in our day. Your great deeds. Your revival, your awakening, your power. So we are praying in these days. Because your home, your family, this local church is just one part of the church of Jesus Christ. But has to 
be under power under the power of the Holy Spirit. We are praying for breakthrough. We are praying for a revival. We are praying for an awakening. We are praying because when we use this word revival, it's for those who are sleeping. It's for those who are uh, dry and cold. If you need a revival, we are praying for this. My friend, take this lift together with us. Come on, let's pray for this. It's enough to be uh, indifferent. Now, what's happening here? Jesus, in Luke chapter 24, he said for the guys, disciples, I'm going. I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But, I love the but in the Bible. It's a change, the whole thing. But, stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. What he's saying, guys, I have a mission for you. You got to preach the word in everywhere on the planet, but not before you receive this word power. And the original text is dunamis. It's the root word for explosion, not only dynamite, boom. No, it's to continuous power. Power. Don't preach without the dunamis. Don't preach without the power. Otherwise, you just you become a nicey, fancy, cool environment for people come for apps travel. They will be just sinners, polite, with a good behavior. They will just be nice people, but not born again. Without the dunamis, without this real power. So repeat them in our day. Repeat them in our day, our generation. Let's go for a few minutes. What God has done. I heard of your fame, Lord, in another places, in another time, in another age. Wasn't happening. Let's, let's make this exercise now through the ages. Of course, we don't have time for all of it. But God keeps doing. God is still the honor of the church. Another homework for you. This week, come on guys, this week, have put a YouTube channel, okay? You are doing something, washing up, put some phones, put the YouTube, this study about the revivals. Start with the Moravians, 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 Moravians. These guys, they put the word upside down for Jesus. They were so radical, asking for God's fire, for the Holy Spirit, he studied about the, the young people among them. They had some kind of solid in your age. Some guys passionate about the mission. Passionate about Because when the revival comes, leads to the mission. When the revival comes, they start to go to the mission. And in that time, the Moravians, they start to go across the world with just one ticket, one way, no return, no guarantees, going to preach. And some of young guys, they heard that in some place in Africa, across the ocean, there was a lots of slaves. And they start to pray for the slaves. God saved that nation, saved that slaves. But then they start to feel that, that flame in their chest. And this is a problem. Be careful with your prayers. Because God maybe will answer you. And God will ask you to go or to do or to put the hand on your wallet or in your pocket or, or to do something with your time or put some gift in you. And then God will say, come on, you're praying, I want to use you. So they understood, young guys among the Moravians. And then they said, okay, uh, how can we be there? Oh, there's a, a, 
a, a ship going to there. Or, and then they figure out, ah, we don't have money <laughs> to go. How much do they pay for a slave? They sold themselves as slaves just to be among the slaves, to preach to them. And with the money, they pay for the travel, for the ticket to go. What is this? And in other circumstances, they were traveling from England to America to evangelize the 13 colonies in America to be there. And one Anglican pastor was in the same, in the same uh, ship in, in this travel with them. And this Anglican pastor, he was in his room and, and the, the, the storm and the ship was almost uh, sink, sink. And he was so scared, oh, I want to die, I don't want to die, my God, please, I want to die. And then he stopped, and he was listening to some songs, worship, worship songs in another room. And he went there. When he saw the Moravians, they were there worshiping Jesus, full of God's joy and God's presence in peace. No worry, they were about to die, and they're full of God in them. And that man was in shock seeing their, their reaction, and then they start to talk, and they asked for that young pastor, ah, do you know about Jesus? Is the first question after one minute, okay, my name is Daniel, do you know about Jesus? And, and this pastor said, ah, yes, I know, Jesus is the savior of the world. Yeah, but is he your savior? That pastor was in shock. He went to America, and he came back to England feeling... Uh, Sad because his mission in America was a failure. Was everything wrong? He didn't have the dynamis power. He was trying to communicate Jesus without the power of the Holy Spirit. When he came to England, he went to find this man. Okay, I, I, I need to find that group of guys. And he started to walk together with them. And then he called his brother and another friend and another friend. They put together a, a group of people. And the name is Holy Club. And they start to ask for the Holy Spirit, for God's power. His name is John Wesley. And then he started to preach under God's power with George Whitfield, with Charles Wesley. And they had a club on 31st of December, 1739, three in the morning, the Holy Spirit filled the room, came, and they were full of God's fire. And they went to the streets. They changed this country that you are living now. Was visited by the Holy Spirit. It was a time so amazing. I have heard, Lord, in the past, in the times of Wesley. You need to study about revivals. You need to study about Jonathan Edwards. This guy was a genius. 13 years old, he went to university. And in our mind, you think, oh, university, 13 years old. The guy, he could speak Greek and Hebrew with 13 years without Google. <laughs> without apps. He was a genius. But he needed God's power. Yeah. His books and story is amazing. You need to study about this man. Study about the Moravians. Study about John Wesley. Read. Put some YouTube channel. Come on, guys. We have everything today. Jonathan Edwards. Who was this man? And he received a message. He received a message from God. He preached it in his church with no results. And he was sure that message came from God. And he took the same piece of paper, the same message. And he said, three days praying, Lord, please give me your power. I am going to preach this message again in another church. He was invited. His most famous message, sinners in the hands of an angry God, is there. 
and he was preaching this message, and the people start to cry, to roll on the ground, and some gentlemen stand in the middle of the, the, the congregation, the church, saying, please stop to preach, stop, we want to be saved, we repent, we, we want to Jesus. What is this? If I print the same message, if I come here to read for you, Nothing. Because it's not the piece of paper. It's the person. God's not sending his anointing on the chairs, microphone, guitars. It's on my life. I am the temple. We love this building. It's nice. It's a blessing. But I am the church. I need this flame in my house. So I have heard. Guys, in your age, you need to know the past, what God has done in the past. Here, our neighbors in Wales, even Roberts, and even before him, the revival in Wales, 26 years old, he came to the office of his pastor. He saw his pastor praying, asking, God, please bend us, bend us, do something. And who went to pray, and please God, do something with my life. 26 years old. If you read his biography, all those who were around, who were around him, helping him, was 16 years old, 18 years old, 22 years old. New generation. The country changed. 100,000 people came to the faith, came to Jesus. I could spend here a long time talking about the revivals in the generations, in different generations in the past, what God has done. I could spend time here talking about what God uh, was, uh, did in Argentina, 1967, 1905, 06 in Azusa Street with Char uh, Charles uh, Seymour. Son of slaves in America, uh, blind of one eye, a black man in that moment in the history in America uh, where they hated, they had all that segregation between white and black people. He was studying theology. He wants to be a preacher. He wanted to be a, 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 a preacher of the gospel. He wasn't, he wasn't allowed to be in the same classroom as the white people. So his chair was in the corridor trying to listen to the, the, the teacher, uh, trying to read the Bible with one eye. And then suddenly, you need to study about the Zuzi Street, what God did. How God, your deeds, Lord. I stand in awe. I could talk about China. I could talk about Korea, 906, 907, Congo, Fiji Islands. All oh, the revivals, this spirit is still working. This spirit is available and is free. I want to ask to an rider to come to play. I don't know where is she or the guys. We're going to the end. There is there. 2020. Now, it's not only in the past. It's not only these black and white photos. 2020, February, in my country, Brazil. Not because I'm Brazilian. What's happening there? 3,000 volunteers working this. Many of my friends, they were there very involved. Three football stadiums packed with people in two different states in the same day. The majority up to 25 years old asking, please God, send us. Send us to the countries. They took the shoes, 
they raised the shoes, send me, send us. And to today, I keep receiving news. Oh, Danny, we heard you are in England. I have friends in Japan, in Spain. If you stop at any moment here to talk with Dave and Ali, they, talk, they work with YWAM. They came to me saying, Danny, what's happening in Brazil? I keep finding Brazilians in every nation. I'm going, oh, the wind is blowing somewhere. I have heard, God, where are you doing something? Is in China? Is in Brazil? Is in Peru? Is in Guatemala? Where are you doing something? I want to know, Lord, what you are doing. Because I need this revival in my life. I need not only on CCC and Crawley, I need in my home with my kids. I stand always of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. We're going to pray. I have one recap, request to you to pray this sentence, the scriptures. Lord, repeat this in me, in my marriage, with my kids. Repeat your great deeds from the past or what you're doing now in my family. Let's stand in this last song.